listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. We used to be good friends a long time ago. We used to be good friends a long time ago. So I'm reading from one of my favorite healthcare websites, fiercehealthcare.com. The Department of Justice filed suit against Cigna, very large health plan, alleging that the insurer used a primary care program launched in Medicare Advantage to boost its risk scores. The insurer's Cigna HealthSpring MA subsidiary launched the 360 program back in 2012. I want to pause there. I've been talking a lot about star ratings and how so many health plans have have lost a star or experiencing fallout from from COVID and trying to get their strategy together. You're getting audited on things that happened strategically many years ago. So whatever you're doing now in your strategy, so your, your strategy, your war room, what you're discussing in fall, winter of 2022, are programs that you're going to enact in 2023 and 2024, which are going to produce codes that are audited in 2029, 2030. So it's a, it's a very long uh, longitudinal retrospective look. And it's important as you, as you put your strategy together that you think about that. But back to the article. According to the lawsuit from the DOJ, while Cigna launched a program claiming the goal was to identify gaps in patient care, officials alleged it used the data gleaned from the 360 program to identify health conditions that could raise risk score, risk scores, excuse me, and thus monthly capitated payments from the centers of Medicare and Medicaid services, CMS. The lawsuit alleges that CMS overpaid on claims from more than 375,000 visits in the 360 program. Executives at Cigna HealthSpring designed the 360 program to specifically capture as many diagnoses as possible. In order to achieve the goal of raising risk scores, senior executives within Cigna HealthSpring engineered a system of targeting health plan members with the highest potential for risk score and revenue increases, the DOJ said. Cigna said in a statement to Fierce Healthcare that it intends to actively defend itself against the lawsuit's allegations. So the reason that I bring this up and this isn't about Cigna, it's more about the, the policies themselves. I've been talking about the importance of writing down policies and procedures as a part of your risk adjustment or STARS strategy. And I've been talking a lot about that in, in my series here on, on the HealthCast. It's important, as in the article, you're, you're getting audited on things that happened seven, eight years ago. So your strategy that you're coming up with in 2022 is going to be manifested in programs for 2023 and 2024. They're going to produce encounters that are going to be audited in 2028, 2029. So you have to be thinking into the future as you're putting your strategy together. And and there's so many groups that have lost a star in, in their health plan and they're trying to figure out what their next move is. I use the word longitudinal a lot. You have to be thinking Long term, and I, and I talked about strategy with your team. 
and that you can't throw your team under the bus. And I talk about strategy with your vendors. But you have to have vendors that are true partners that are looking out for your best interests. And you're, you're building partnerships, not having transactional relationships. Well, it's very important to have your policies and procedures reflecting audit protocols. And those things need to be written down. Whatever your policy is for the house call program slash in-home assessment program, you need to have that written down. You need to know what percentage are you going to audit? How do you get your stratification model together? What is your strategy? Does it come from the vendor? Does it come from your internal team? Does it come from a third party? Does it come from actuary or a consulting group? That needs to be written down. And then how many, what's the percentage of audit that you're doing? Is it 5%? Is it 10%? Is it 30%? Is it 50%? Those things are so important and pivotal when it comes to situations like this uh, with the Department of Justice, with CMS. And if you're listening on terrestrial radio, there's importance in just understanding. I tell people to be aware of what's going on with your health plan. You have a right to know what's going on with your health plan. If they're being investigated, if they're having any type of issues, if they're having any type of audit issues, you need to know that. It's annual enrollment. This is the time you need to know what the star rating is on, on your health plan. Do you have the best star rating? Do you have the best network? Um, because if your star rating is now below four, you're likely going to have significantly less funding for, for programs, and that's going to reflect your formulary possibly. That's going to reflect ancillary benefits. That's going to reflect OTC benefits. So really, I just want people to educate themselves, both on uh, the, the health plan leadership executive side and, and on the, the consumer side, because these things are, are very important. It's I think people don't realize that the stuff that you're doing now isn't going to get touched for many years. And, and in healthcare, from my lens, people have moved on to different organizations. Very rare that a risk adjustment lead is going to be somewhere for seven, eight, nine years. That's just generally not how the business works. So people matriculate. That's why you have to write down policies and procedures. And look, policies and procedures, the PMPs, they're not sexy. They're not fun. You got to talk to compliance. People generally don't want to bring another entity into their department to talk about how they're managing their department or mismanaging their department. But you have to do them. If you don't have policies and procedures that are written down, that are explicit, that are specific, what happens is when people get promoted, when people go to another company, when people make a lateral move into another department because human beings love to take on new challenges, what happens is you lose information and you lose structure and you lose order. Those are things that ultimately hurt you in your strategy and manifest themselves in audits. I've never been at a plan where I've seen people intentionally juke stats or intentionally try to upcode, but I think that every plan nationally has an opportunity to look at their policies and procedures on audit and second pass. And, and are we looking at looking at these codes coming in from the house calls, the in-home assessments? Are we looking at the codes coming in from the, the retrospective chart retrieval? Are we looking at codes that we're pulling directly out the EMR and making sure everything is medically substantiated? And everyone has an opportunity to look at that and see if they're comfortable with the current status quo or do they feel that there's more audit necessary? If you had a plan that hasn't done a lot of audit, you might want to be a little bit more aggressive with your audit protocols. 
if you're at a plan that's very high, highly savvy in that, and you have consultants and you have your internal coding team, all of that stuff, maybe you don't have to be as aggressive. It's, it's not my place to, to tell someone what to do, but we all have to have very specific audit protocols. And, and, it's, and it, it ties in, you know, I talked about partnerships with your vendor. I talked about long-term relationships with your staff. It all comes together. You should have a good delegation oversight and a good compliance program, and it should be shared with your quality team and your risk adjustment team and your STARS team and your Medicare Part D team. You can't silo those. You, it has to be open because the lifeblood of your company. And if you all come together and have good protocols, doesn't mean that you're not going to get audited eventually because human beings make mistakes. You could audit 100% of every code that you ever submit to CMS, and there's still going to be an error rate because human beings make errors. But my experience is if, if you have really good protocols in place and, and good leadership, you're, you're in a better position to, to avoid the front page news type of, of audits from, from CMS and DLJ. Lance J. Show. Nook, Mosaic Meals, and Mosaic Meals to go because everyone deserves a delicious, nutritious meal. We're a purpose-driven food and nutrition services group created to help organizations and their clients make meaningful improvements and advancements toward equitable access to proper nutrition and food security within their diverse communities. Contact us today to learn more about our nutritious, delicious Mosaic Meals at 512-710-6665 or online at mosaic at mosaicmeals.com. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from uptown. New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you Harlem. shouted out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is James Lewis, host of the Lance J Radio Network HealthCast series. When I was a quality executive, I spent many years working with Episource on chart retrieval, coding, and their analytics platform. This is the time of year where health plans are focused on their final push for risk adjustment to close out 2021 dates of service. Identify HCC gaps. Stratify at both the member and provider level with Episource analysts. Episource combines intelligent technology and a team with many years of subject matter expertise. For a demonstration request, go to www.episource.com. We began searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so we finally come out with a solution and we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the, the greatest people in America, our American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of 
farmers across multiple states, we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, the produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a Full Cart Fresh box at the farm. And then through our shipping and logistics uh, program, we ship directly from the farm, directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America. We have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help feeding children everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh help those families in need.